Hello. I didn't see you there, but now I see you all there. Welcome, everyone, to Night Trio of Hot Game Summer. I'm Danielle Riendo. Supposedly, I run the show, sort of. Maybe. Sometimes. I do sometimes. Uh, but I am joined by some dear friends and colleagues. Uh, today, we've got Khalif Adams. How are you, Khalif? Howdy. Excited to be here and rock with you all. Uh, thank you for being here. I'm very happy. I also have Jordan Mallory, who's a podcast producer here at Beautiful Fanbite. How are you, Jordan? Hello. I'm good. They Yeah, earlier today, they lowered a rope down into the podcast mine, and uh, I climbed out to the top and was blinded by the terrible sun, but um, a small boy ran by, and I said, boy, boy, what day is today? And uh, he said, it's E3, sir. And I said, oh, no, and tried to climb back down into the podcast mine, but it was uh, boarded up already, so now I'm here. I'm so glad you're here. Me. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad that you also use references from that beautiful play, because when I do that, nobody knows what I'm talking about, and it's very upsetting. Oh, really? Steven knows what I'm talking about with that. Steven Strom, managing editor of fanbite.com. How are you, Steven? Uh, I'm great. I'm so happy to be here finally with the founder of The Feast Herself, Danielle. Thank Riendo, you. Editor-in-chief Thank you. Of, uh, Thank Dan- you. Of, uh, <laughs> fanbite.com. Um, I've seen all the geeks and gamers, all the cosplayers, all the, the uh, I don't know, bitches, lovers, uh, sinner <laughs> saints. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know the rest of those the lyrics to that song. There's been I've a lot of people in I do not today, feel ashamed. <laughs> I do not feel ashamed. And I'm you don't so feel glad. ashamed. That's good. Oh, That's I'm good. So glad. We have Ren in Ren Zone, of course, producing the stream. Uh, Thank you, Ren. Uh, on the Wheels of Steel. That was the, the reference people used the, to make. The ones and twos? On the ones and twos, the Wheels of Steel, you know, controlling mm-hmm. all the stuff. And we also have producer Paul. Paul. Paul's in the background. He's in the hell zone. I've heard it called, uh, but he will be producing the audio for this beautiful podcast. Paul is still hearing in the mind. this. He's still in the mind. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. we're not in the mind. We are, but we are mining for content because we are here on night three. And it, there was a hodgepodge. I would like to say today, uh, we're going to go through a few events, but we're also going to look at a couple of kind of uh, several things that uh, that we're going to be looking at today. I want to actually start with a nice highlight. Uh, Stephen, rather, not Paul. Stephen played the Sable demo. I want to hear a little bit about this demo. Stephen, how was it? It looks beautiful. It does look beautiful, and that's kind of all I was expecting going in, because looking at the game, Sable is the game that I'm sure Ren will have up on the screen in here in a second, so people on the video version can see it, but if you haven't seen it, it is a not textureless, but fairly flat-textured, open-world-ish game where you are going around like a big sort of desert, you're like a little character with a red cape that animates on uh, sort of into the Spider-Verse style low frame rate against the backdrop of a world that is very colorful and you can cell climb shaded, up different one might say cell shaded esque yeah 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 it's very it's it's pretty close to a cell shaded sort of look um really really stands out pops off the page uh as you look at it pops off the screen uh you have a cool motorcycle like a hover cycle um that we got to see a little bit of in the demo that I played earlier today cuz I played the demo which is now available on Steam and Xbox nothing else we discovered um and it is more open world adventure game than I was necessarily expecting. I was expecting like Journey, 
Um, yeah. The ah. game has some some serious journey vibes because you're in a big open desert and have a character with a red cloak. But it is way more. Breath of the Wild, it like evokes certain things that I think that this game is not necessarily going for. But there are like you climb up a mountain and you have a stamina meter um, huh. as you climb up things, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pull up like a binoculars type device and mark things that you see and then those appear on your map as waypoints you can go inside of like a little red bubble that functions a lot like the glider in breath of the wild like there's a lot of that stuff going on so who makes um, who does make this i actually don't know off the top of my head um it's an indie game of some sort i think it's got some i think it's going to be on game pass though so i think microsoft is involved in some way it's by raw fury mm-hmm. is the publisher um who's okay. made a bunch uh, of games. yes uh shedworks is uh the developer and so far basically all i've seen in the game at least from the demo that i played there doesn't seem to be any combat of any kind it's just kind of like wandering around and uh, talking to people. The tone is very different than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be very meditative and quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no voice acting, but there's a lot of dialogue in terms of text on screen. Yeah. And it's very cheeky and funny. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's Which not, is not what, what I was expecting. E- no, I was, I was <laughs> expecting something like sort of semi Ghibli esque in that it's like friendly, but also like kind of reverent in a weird way. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Borderlands, you know. It's not like Mimi sure, it's not in crass. that way. No, it's not crass and and like over the top or anything like that. But it is it it is like more lighthearted and and kind of goofy in ways. Early on, you one of the big things that they've shown off for this game is this that cool hover cycle that I mentioned early on when they are introducing you to the hover cycle. They give you like a tutorial hover cycle that is just constantly spewing smoke and sucks and doesn't <laughs> no, feel very fun. good to ride. Yeah. Uh, and when you talk to the person who gives you the motorcycle, um, who is like, okay, go take this out, uh, out for you. And they're like, you know, you'll, you'll, uh, kind of learn all the different mechanisms. You'll, you'll figure out how to brake and how to accelerate. It'll be a kind of a tutorial, quote unquote, if you will. And, um, your character's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go do that. And then you come back and they're like, oh, that's great. So how was the motorcycle? Did it like burst in, uh, into flames, explode or anything like that? And your character can, you have a bunch of dialogue choices. That's another thing with this game is you can make dialogue choices. Uh, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Funke said it was a bit like Kentucky Route Zero. Hmm. Um, yeah, in the way that yeah. like, Yeah. Yeah, your dialogue choices don't like seem to change anything. It's just totally um, tonal. It's just like you decide like kind of what tone you're going to to have in a conversation. And during that conversation, you could be like, no, the motorcycle ran fine. Or you can be like, wait, was it supposed to light on fire? And your character, like the other guy's like, "Uh, you would have known if you'd lit on fire even a little bit, probably. And you're like, was that motorcycle dangerous? And he's (laughs) like, listen, Nothing happened, right? And it's just like, did you give me a motorcycle that might have exploded? And it goes down that route for a little while. So yeah, I thought it, it was going to be more self serious. Like this game too. Yeah, I thought it was going to be yeah. more self serious, and it wasn't. It, which which was nice. I thought it was going to be kind of like desolate in that way. Um, and it was nice to see that they kind of went the opposite direction. And and you know, you're going to kind of at least in the beginning parts of the demo. Who knows what it turns into? You know, later on in the story, right? But it did. It did feel like the. The, the tone of it going into it was going to be something that was going to be kind of super self-serious and they just didn't go that route, which was which was nice. The world looks gorgeous, though. Uh, it is it is yeah. a visual masterpiece for a for a game it like this to be made. 
Mm. Yeah, it, it does a super cool thing where because the game is so bright and colorful in almost like pastel, but like but muted pastels. It's not like pastel mm-hmm. in the way that like a like a what was that? Pokemon game with the dancing battle game uh, a couple of, like a couple months ago what? where it's like a few months super ago goofy yeah a few months ago it's like like it's not like something you would see at a wholesome direct or something like that in that way it's mm. it's it's brown it's bright browns and bright yellows and stuff like that in a way that like has a unique look to itself one cool thing that they do in the demo is like because everything is so bright when you're in places that are dark instead of like making everything actually dark it's just everything becomes the same color. Everything kind of becomes like a grayish green. And mm. all you can see moving are the outlines. Hmm. Mm. Uh, Kyle, did you see some of that too? Yeah, it's it's really interesting the way that they play with shadow in this game and shadows and colors and, you know, no 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 primary colors in this game, which I actually really enjoy. It's like mad periwinkle in this piece, uh, which I, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I kind of like. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's interesting in the way that they're playing with color, the way they're playing with that kind of, you know, one point, the, the, I forgot what you call that kind of animation, but that, that spider verse animation kind of deal. Hmm. Um, yeah. and also it feels like the world is going to get bigger, uh, in a way where you start to really care about the, the, the main character and other characters too, which I, they kind of cut the demo a little bit short before you really get into the meat of stuff, which was, which was good too. Yeah, I think some light sure. uh, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor type of vibe uh, from it, which is like a little bit serious, but also very playful and really very colorful and a little wacky. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I love that game. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Stephen, were you that cool. Stephen, were you talking about Dance Exclamation Point Pikachu, the bi- the uh, electromechanical arcade game released in 1999 by Ben Presto? Is that the one you were talking <laughs> yep. about? That's it That's exactly, it? Jordan. Okay, Thank well, I, I found that one. It doesn't look a few months ago. Like this. I don't what know what it? you're talking about. According no, to I'm me, 1999 was a few like months this. ago. So. Yeah. No, it's that game where you like you like you have a garden and you grow little fucking little guys that run around. Ooblets! And the, the Ooblets! Ooblets! We're That's talking about Ooblets? Word. Okay, Ooblets. Oh, someone in chat also Ooblets. said Ooblets. That's what it was. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I actually don't have chat up because I'm worried about looking at like my notes and sure. looking at y'all's faces and not like, <laughs> I don't know, smearing cat poop on my face or something in the middle of this. So like, I'm very, you know, I'm not looking at chat, but chat, I love you and I care about you and I'm glad that you're here. That was um, actually chat, you can say anything about Danielle that you want right now. Any, oh, that was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> anything else on Sable? Anybody else wanted to say a word or two about the Sable demo? It looks great. I can't wait to play when- it. When is this coming out and on Xbox and PC, you said? Yeah, Xbox and PC, and it's on uh, September 23rd of this year, so not Ooh. too far away. Hmm. Oh, that's coming up. That's yeah. going to be as soon as Hot Game now. Summer is over. It'll be Hot Fall Game. <laughs> Christ, yeah. Hot <laughs> Game Fall. You love it. You love it. You love to see it. All right. <laughs> Moving on from the Sable demo, uh, which is very, very cool. There was also a Halo multiplayer stream from earlier today. Did anybody catch this? Khalif, would you like to talk I, a little bit about this beautiful uh, multiplayer? It Free multiplayer mode, it sounds like. Free to play multiplayer. Some of that information got shared you know, earlier in the initial kind of conversation around yeah. the multiplayer component of Halo. I think that the major components that wind up being in this uh, kind of what was it maybe 15 minute uh video that they kind of shared was i think yesterday we saw the the kind of first conversations around halo being back in in the multiplayer sense 
And in this time, they talked about the cross progression. Uh, it was kind of like a mini small, a small mini vid doc like you would see from Bungie. Uh, but three four three kind of took it and, and and rolled with it. So they talked a little bit about the cross progression aspect of it. Um, the funny thing about Halo multiplayer, which I think was a problem that a, a lot of people were thinking about going into it, was are we going to have another Craig incident where the game looks terrible and <laughs> and we don't think it's going to look as good as it as it did? And I think even in the even in the stuff they showed yesterday. It didn't come through as well. Like it showed well, but I don't think it showed mm. in terms of the kind of um, fidelity that we have an expectation for this game to have going forward. And I feel like in this this newest video, they actually showed some stuff that looked way better than I thought it was going to. Because the, the, the biggest parts of that conversation I think people are really excited about are how does the armor look? How do the guns sound and shoot? And how does that kind of feel in a game space? And they answered a lot of questions in terms of the uh, armor sets, which are now going to be broken up into a lot of different pieces. It used to be Mm. mostly about the helmet and shoulder pads. Now you can change out knee pads, leg pads, shoulder pieces, helmets, all that kind of stuff. Which if you're going into a Halo universe where you want your Halo Spartan to look different than everybody else's, you're going to be able to do that in a real in a real comprehensive way. That leads into conversations about the battle pass system that they have, which will be one where everything that you wind up getting, none of that stuff will wind up dealing or, or, or kind of interfering interfering with gameplay. It'll all be cosmetics um, in mm. that space, and they'll be you'll be able to buy multiple battle passes, but you'll be able to pick which one you want of which one you want to add progression to. So if you're in like season ah. one of your battle pass and you've gotten, you've moved over to season two, if you're like, man, I didn't grind all the way out to the end of battle pass one, you'll be able to grind that stuff out so that you'll be able to get the end of the carrot stick, uh piece of cosmetics oh, for your, for your Spartan, which yeah. is actually really, really yeah. smart um, in terms of being able to do that kind of thing. Um, The other part of that that I found to be really interesting and super smart was one of the things that is always a problem for for new Halo fans is a lot of folks just don't know how Halo plays. You don't understand power weapons. You don't understand movement. You don't understand how certain guns shoot. They're going to rectify that by giving you this one mode that's called the Academy, which will let you play against bots. Um, But you'll also be able to kind of ramp them up in terms of difficulty. We've seen that in Call of Duty for the past couple of years. And I feel like Call of Duty goes from like, I can shoot you with my eyes closed to, oh shit, I don't know what to do against you. They're going to be kind of having this in-between space where you'll be able to kind of learn the maps, uh, play around with the weapons and power-ups in that kind of way, uh, which was really cool as well. And lastly, uh, a really important gameplay part that they talked about was usually when you have power-ups on the map, uh, they instantly go off. You instantly are using that power-up. You see that often when it comes to things like overshields and things like that. Now you'll be able to hold on to that item and then use it when you want to use it, which is actually really mm, okay. interesting in terms of the way that game is going to play moving forward. Because, you know, if we're in a battle you uh, and I don't get the chance to use it yet and you kill me, that item used to just go away. Now it becomes mm. a pickup. So you'll be able to pick that item up off the dead body and and use it. So it's going to add this extra layer of, uh, risk and reward for when do you use your your power ups in that way, and with the thing that they showed le- uh, yesterday, with uh, there's this one moment in the end of the trailer where 
one Spartan is going into a battle and he throws a sticky grenade on a, on a plasma shield on an energy shield. And the energy shield now has physics or at least the power ups. It looks to seem like they have physics. So he basically huh. threw it on the grenade. It bounced in the air. He grappled it, grabbed it, and then used it against somebody else. So that's going to change that's the way. Grab the it. grenade out of the air. Grab the grab the sword out of the air that bounced off the, the 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 bounce of the grenade. So the grenade explosion bounced the power up off the ground, or bounced the power oh. up off the ground into the air. And because you can grapple weapons off dead bodies, or it looks like you can even do that with power weapons now, snagged it out of the air and then used it in the middle of a fight. So it's it's really wild. Some of the stuff that they're kind of pulling into the game. You see it right here. This is about if you're looking at the video parts oh. of it. Uh, he, yeah, he basically yeah, yeah. bounced yeah. it back himself and grabbed it. That's going to be really interesting from a gameplay standpoint because now that changes the idea of how do you fight for power weapons? Do you play, basically play defense and guard against that, or do you blow those things off the map so that other people can't use it? Um, lastly, the other really cool part of that conference or that conversation was now vehicles can take damage but damage in different parts of the vehicle. So you can shoot the tires off a warthog now and it'll, it'll handle different. Um, and they wow, also it only uh, took 20 years. I know 20 <laughs> years to make those things destructible. Uh, and now there's an extra or another kind of uh, warthog called a Razorback, where you can basically put weapons and power-ups into that. So instead of just having to capture the flag and you're the, 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 the roaming target handing it, holding a flag out, <laughs> You can put yeah. the flag in basically the trunk of the car and then and then use huh. that and ride around or, you know, other weapons like the gravity hammer and stuff like that. A lot of great information coming out of that, out of that small press yeah. conference or a small video that I think is going to actually change the way that people come to Halo in a, in a real way. I think it's going to just change the way that people play that game uh, moving forward, which was super cool to see. Did they awesome. say... As, as somebody who, like, these days is not quite as into competitive multiplayer as they used to be, um, mm-hmm. did they say anything about Firefight? Is that coming back? Or or even that Warzone mode that kind of had some PvE elements to it? Like, anything they, like that? They didn't talk about that, but there are elements that feel like they're coming back from Warzone, like um, ordinances. Like, so you'll have these large vehicles. Uh, also, you see, you're watching this video, you see Oddball is back. Um, yeah, they had, they had this oddball. <laughs> uh, they had this large vehicle uh, drop a pelican on the map. So now you're still going to have that ability to have weapons kind of come into the map, or you know, vehicles come into the map. Oh, they also talked about drop pods coming into the map as well. Uh, oh. So you'll have in the same way you have an apex where you'll have a drop pod come into the map. Yeah, you'll now have those uh, uh, come into the play space as well. So they're trying to figure out ways to to, to keep everyone nimble. Because the biggest problem with Halo was always about power weapons and where they were in the map. It's the blessing and the curse of that of that game is that once you've mm-hmm. lost the ability to get a power weapon, you have to wait for somebody to die so you can actually wait for it and, and the people to spawn so you can be able to get it. Now it feels like there's going to be multiple ways to kind of have more armaments come into the, into the play space so that everyone is going to be able to kind of do things um, in, in their best ways. I was really impressed with what they showed in terms of 343 kind of getting in there and showing it off. And it's going to be wild to see what that looks like when it's actually out in the world because cross progression is going to be in there. So you'll be able to play with PC, uh, play, play against 
and with PC and console players together, your progression is going to move over from console to PC and back and forth, which is also fantastic. Uh, and because they now have super widescreen support, I'm going to play that on a big old TV. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. So uh, uh-huh. very excited for what 343 got to share today. That's that's awesome. awesome. I got excited hearing about anything that sounds like immersive sim combat, which I know it's not an immersive sim, but all those like mm. physics elements and all the other playful stuff. I'm kind of like, well, that might me that might get me to actually try this and see like yeah. where the limits are of the simulation, because that's my weird brain and how it works. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I like this kind of stuff. And I also like thinking about these kinds of design decisions like, oh, how do we, you know, deal with something like camping or, oh, all the good stuff is already spawned. So, like, how do you have fun with that? So, I oh, yeah stuff yeah that's really cool i think it's going to be really interesting to see what impact um free to play like the successful free to play multiplayer shooters that have happened Mm. between halo 5 coming out and this coming out what impact that's going to have on the way that they put this thing together since they made the decision to make this free to play and people like people who are really into apex or really into Fortnite are going to have even though it's a different ip they're going to have a lot of expectations about what kind of what value they get out of the time that they put into it and so call you talking about um the way that they're like not erasing the battle pass at the end of the thing is really interesting mm-hmm. because that's one of the like core money making factor that's one of the core ways that Fortnite prints money is they design that battle pass so that it's really difficult to finish in that amount of time and then they give you the opportunity to pay another $20 to finish it at the end of the battle pass mm-hmm. um and so it's 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 monetizing FOMO, which is like more exactly, and more one yeah. of the biggest things that like game developers are doing. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's going to be really interesting to see like on the economic side, how they go about that. And also just like on the gameplay side, like um, uh, ammo drops and stuff like in like you might find in um, Apex or uh, how long is it going to be until you can be the Joker like in Fortnite, you know, so we'll, we'll have to see to find out, but I haven't played a halo game in a really long time, but I'm really interested in seeing how this thing shakes out. The battle pass conversation changed a lot of it for me in terms of how I am excited about the future of that franchise, because a person who doesn't have a bunch of time to go through and grind a battle pass all the way out, just being able to have purchased it and still have access to it. And I can go through it at my own pace and switch it, switch around which ones I'm kind of going for. That removes mm-hmm. a lot of that FOMO for me because uh, I can still get it when I kind of want to. Uh, I think where they're going to wind up doing some of that work, though, is when they wind up building out the esports part of that conversation. I think that mm-hmm. I think they're going to mm-hmm. do some version of like, here's the thing you can only get for a limited time. Maybe you go watch a whole bunch of, you know, the Halo, you know, competitive series or whatever they're going to call it. Um, and you can maybe get one of those things in like a Twitch drop or something like that. But it, but it will be they can still do that carried on the stick and still keep people really excited uh, at the fact that they still have their battle passes together. So super cool stuff from them. That's a good happy awesome. medium. They can call it the Halo Olympics. How about that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Spin Break it down. Well, from Halo <laughs> to Amico. Oh boy. Oof. You like that one? Wow, Ray, you were right on that. I was thinking about that for a while. I well, didn't Tommy Tallarico with this. the Amico. I... Yes, it's all right. Um, I'm so excited to talk about this. I really <laughs> want to hear what Jordan feels uh, about this. So what I got from it, I, I, did, I watched the presentation, and this was sort of like, oh, in television, in television's here. Okay, interesting. Tommy Tallarico, mm-hmm. of course, a industry uh, 
a long-standing person in this industry. He's done a lot of animation. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of video games. He's been here forever. He is a uh, part of this initiative to launch this. We like console. So we like, it seems like that's what I could get from it. A we ish yeah. accessible yeah. console for, for everyone playing very simple games for, for, for all kinds of folks. Jordan, I, I really want to hear your thoughts on this. Cause it was, it was a little bit confusing of a presentation, but uh, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. It's, God, it's hard to even know where to start with this thing. So this might be (laughs) the first place that you've ever heard of or seen this thing, and you would not be um, blamed for that. So Mm -hmm. Tommy Tallarico, like Danielle said, has been in the industry for a super long time. He is, uh, he has like the most video game credits of anybody because of the, he's primarily a composer. That's the majority of the work that he's done in the industry. He's also the guy responsible for the video games live, uh, concert series and okay so i watched this earlier and i and somewhere around somewhere in this i thought okay i've been watching this for like what 10 minutes and i went down and moused over the progress bar and it had been four minutes (laughs) and this has this presentation that he gave has the exact tone of one of those like sleep apnea machine infomercials that they show <laughs> on like not public access tv but um late at night maybe late night yeah like you a, like me, your local me tv affiliate that shows yeah. um that shows you know old movies on the weekends or whatever and like they do a bunch of infomercials for sleep apnea machines and extended car warranties and stuff like that that is that is the tone that tommy calorico has <laughs> Throughout this entire video. And so here on the video, we see like all these other names that are attached to it, including David Perry, who that's you the, might remember. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. David Perry is, it was uh, one of the people responsible for Gaikai, which was an yep. early uh, streaming service technology company that. Um, so it's what Sony purchased? Now is based on. Sony bought Yeah. yeah, yeah Sony for purchased PlayStation it now. To, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, so you've got a bunch of names attached to this box that are industry people but who have it's been a really long time since they've made video games and what they actually are now are like business entrepreneurs right and this box comes with two controllers that look like zunes and they've got a a jog wheel (laughs) it's real zuni it's got a jog wheel on one side (laughs) and a um a touch screen on the other uh you can also use your phone as a controller and it comes with six games. There will be more. And Tommy in the video is like, look, we're not going to impress you guys with our teraflops and gigawatts. And like he does the the bit about how it's a weak machine that plays casual games. Um, but yeah, like <sighs> the reason this thing exists <laughs> is to... <laughs> That the was the most pregnant of pauses. I'm no, sorry. Hey, Jordan, tell me the reason this thing exists. Justify this thing to me. Oh my so god, that the was the best pregnant pause exists. I've ever heard in my life. That is such a good gasp and sigh. <laughs> oh. Is it's a, they, like the reason this is called an Intellivision? I'll start there. Nobody from the yeah. original Intellivision team is attached to this thing that I was able to to look into. The reason it's called an Intellivision is because that was an affordable IP that is a recognizable to the 60 something venture capitalists that they probably went to to get funding for this. And you can sell it internationally 
under a recognizable like American legacy brand. So that's why it's called an Intellivision. I'm I don't know that this is totally conjecture. I'm guessing it's called an Amico instead of an Amigo because they were worried that they couldn't sell it to white people if they called it an Amigo. So they called it an Amico <laughs> instead. Uh, that's that's just my two cents. There's no evidence of that. I'm just I mean if they would have really here, gotten, that seems they would have really gotten that credit. They called it a Negro. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, don't sorry, be, don't ever be going sorry. To call it, they were originally <laughs> going to call it the Amigo, but they couldn't afford Giancarlo Esposito. He was too busy with Far Cry 6. Yeah, so they just, yeah like, his, you know, his time's really valuable. Um, so yeah, like there's going to be, there's going to be like a, a new Earthworm Jim game for this thing ostensibly. And uh, they didn't say the words Doug Tennepel anywhere in this presentation, mm-hmm. but his signature is on um the like exclusive artwork print that you can enter a contest to win so he's attached to this thing somehow uh so that sucks um he's working on that earthworm gym game in some capacity i'm pretty sure yeah and uh while i was looking into the history of this box like it's been delayed its release has been delayed for over a year and um in 1999 or 1999 in uh last year they uh opened an office in dubai to also sell some of this stuff and they've already like this thing has been isn't out hasn't been um seen by the public as far as i'm aware and they've already sold like a few tens of thousands of these in like pre-order campaigns through their own crowdfunding pre-order campaigns through fig um sure. they said that they that they had over a hundred thousand early orders from retailers. So like money has gone into this at some point. And I'm not I'm not willing to go so f- go as far as the person who hack- hacked our Twitter account earlier and said that this was a tax scam. Uh whoever whatever <laughs> mysterious person was responsible for breaking into our Twitter account and doing that in case anybody's feeling litigious. Yeah, oh. uh we'll never know. It's weird. Uh internet's weird. But yeah, this thing is like it feels like it it's a we without any of the personality but has all the like hey grandma your grandkids will want to spend time with you if you own this as yeah. like one of those plug and play things that they would sell at a pharmacy around yeah. the time that the Wii was popular um but not a real Wii. and they touted like the licenses that they have attached to this which are um they've got like the Harlem Globetrotters was like front and center on their on their big marquee of hey here are the here are the recognizable names that are going to be attached what? to this thing and I see uh, Sesame Street in this B roll that we're looking at here yeah, yeah there's game, some kind of cookie I saw a monster game for thing Evil Knievel. what <laughs> yeah and and this the, this part of the trailer especially they're they're showing a bunch of like dolphins and orcas and stuff swimming around there it is. and <laughs> Tom Tellerico is like and we got the original. Echo the Dolphin team to come back for our own original Dolphin Quest thing and totally did not land that. The run cycles on these guys playing soccer is real bad. You can play cornhole Cornhole. if you want. He said cornhole like you've never heard somebody say cornhole in excited (laughs) terms. Cornhole. Yeah. So this whole this thing's weird. Like I can't. There was nothing like offensive about this presentation, but except for Doug Tendapel's name being in it. But like, I just cannot. 
I cannot put my finger on why I feel why this feels so gross to me, but it feels so gross. It's a Kenshaw Hall product being put on the on the E three of of now. And like Kenshaw Hall hasn't been a thing since like two thousand seven, maybe? That was like late, late Kensha Hall. And for those who are younger than I, Kensha Hall was where like all the the kind of extra stuff at E three was. It would be like, oh, we're making like a off, 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 off brand nerf gun that also talks to your PS2 kind of thing. Like that's mm-hmm. yeah. that, I'm getting that vibe from this, even though it does say it's groovy. We are getting saying things are groovy and I, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. There is that sense of both Kensha Hall and also there it was. I, I saw the the earthworm gym. Um uh, Kensha Hall, but also oh, like, hey, we're a name. We can get funding. I have a name right. and I can get funding for this thing, mm-hmm. which isn't mm-hmm. always it doesn't always connect that way. It doesn't always work out for folks. It so. feels like the cricket version of a video game system. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the old phone that your grandma has with the uh, big ass buttons because she can't see no more. Yeah. Uh, but in a video <laughs> game form. And I'm just, I just don't well, know what in, to do with it. it, it, it to ahead. a certain degree, like, like a lot of these things already exist. Like the, these things come and go on mass is is part of it too like yeah it, it, the thing is that all the places that these things used to live quarantined away from the rest of us um, mm-hmm. especially us older folk um <laughs> no longer get quarantined away in mall kiosks and in kensha hall anymore because those things don't exist anymore so everything is online so everything kind of has this weird air i feel like we're in this sort of like strange middle ground right now where nobody is quite sure how important something is going to be because mm. everything is just online during the same period of time so it's like everything gets the same amount of oxygen even though we know that it's probably not going to be important but it's also not on screen at the it's not like running at the same time as the nintendo thing so i guess we might as well look at it like we the the we'll we'll talk about this in a little bit Kyle watched it uh but the t- the take two thing is in a similar situation here where the take two mm. uh presentation today was just very much not like um, a pr- like an E3 press conference, like what we expect from it at this point, but and but everybody was expecting it to be that up until like 24 hours beforehand, mm. and nobody was quite sure what to do with it at first. And um, I think this is in a similar situation where it's just like, yeah, again, like you said, Danielle, this would have been um, sectioned away at, at Kensha Hall, but now it just feels like any other thing. So we're talking about it <laughs> alongside all the other things. The the interesting yeah. part about uh, all of this up is something. Uh, really quick, I'll just say the interesting part about this is that usually there's a space where you can say, "I know this thing exists, but it's not for me," and everyone can say, "Okay, that's reasonable." This is a thing that exists, and I don't know who it's for, which is yeah. the thing that, it, that which is the thing that bugs me out the most about it. Is like I literally just don't know what this market is supposed to be. It is kind of like what you said, Danielle. The whole like you know, I bring this over to grandma's house, or grandma has it for me. Uh, when the kids come over as the thing to do when she doesn't want to talk to them, she wants to go smoke weed outside. Like that's the thing that you, you give the kids to go do. But like, that's, I, that's literally that, I don't know that, what else the thing is for. Yeah. That's literally the pitch that Tommy makes is that when your grandparents come over, they have a, here's a video game that you can play with them. He, like he says, this is not, this is in compliments. This isn't complimentary to your real video game console that you have. He basically says, uh, Imran in our chat watching live on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash fanbite if you want to watch live. Um, he says, why would you make your own video game console? It sounds like it sucks ass. That's the thing. No sane person 
who actually wants to make video games would go to the links of making their own video game console. That's ludicrous. You would have to be totally out of your gourd to think that it's a good idea to make your own video game console. The only reason why you would do that is because you want to take a name like in television, go talk to a bunch of people who remember the name and get money from them, and then four years down the road, put out this thing that Here, like, you'll sell 200000 of them. figured it out. It. Here's my one point, and this is the thing that I think you're absolutely right, Jordo. The thing that I I will actually give them some respect on is I can at least appreciate one all the stock photos that they got of people excited beyond belief, which is unreasonable and just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Two, you would think a person who has put together video games live would have better lighting in this press conference. Three, <laughs> the other part of this that bugs me out is I actually give Tommy some credit because at least he and the other folks who are in this space have some credibility in the in the video game market to be able sure. to kind of do this, as opposed to folks like Soldier Boy who was trying to make the Soldier Boy console some years oh, ago. Oh yeah, the <laughs> Soldier Boy console, holy. So shit. like to a certain extent, I'm kind of not as mad in comparison to Soldier Boy who has literally no reason to make a console. Uh, but this, you know, again, it fits into that space of you know. Like, what are we going to do with this thing? It also is like, are enough of these going to be like the ET cartridges from the Atari? Are these going to wind up in a <laughs> landfill somewhere and no one's going to know what the hell happened to all of these? It's it's just super with, weird. Yeah. Super weird. With a, I mean, with a I lot of the games actually going to produce. Yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say, with some of the games that I'm looking at here, what if Fanbyte made a game for this? Like, what if we... We totally could. We <laughs> absolutely I'm kind, could. I'm like, kind of like we could fire like, up Unity... <sighs> I'm going to close this VMix call. We could make a match yeah, three later. and it's like match three fan bots. And like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe we can like, you know, maybe we could use that to like promote our brand. We could probably know? have thinking, that done before the stream's over. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, I'm just saying like, I'm just, I'm just pitching this is like, Hey, maybe this is a good way for websites to get their stuff out by making a video mm-hmm. game and putting it on, you know, the Amico. <laughs> yeah. Television Amico. I'm thinking yeah. out of the box here, okay? Like, I don't That's have, green. you know, the office in Dubai, but I'm trying to think out of the box. <laughs> we could do a lot of stuff with charge, that touchscreen. That touchscreen could totally do some cool stuff. We'll figure it out. It could. I it's mean, just like legitimately, a legitimately, <laughs> <laughs> a good designer can make something cool with almost anything, right? Totally. Like with any, any media, frankly, you could make a cool game with, with cardboard and a piece of, you know, rope. Like, you could, right? It's, it's possible, but. Agreed. I, I will I will allow for like hey what if somebody makes a bomb all right here's an example the Ouya had Towerfall right like yeah yeah that was on Ouya before anything else and that's a great game and like yes it is absolutely always possible for something truly interesting and awesome and 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 very very cool to come out of a strange little console I guess so do you mm-hmm. do you think the reason this thing has touch screen controllers like that is actually because it is just from out of the box designed for when in five years nobody remembers this thing ever happened they put out this like f- missile command reboot on a phone <laughs> oh for sure yeah like like yeah. part of part of part of the pitch is the cross compatibility of it comes with these sure. two controllers but you can also just bluetooth your phone to it and that that works mm-hmm. also so like the the you'll see in this video that like People will hold these controllers in any number of of orientations with the jog wheel on the left or right side. So that thing is totally superfluous. Like, um, I, I would assume the majority of these components are are off the shelf, 
And one last thing I wanted to bring up, and then we we can move on. I wanted I I wanted to know what this runs on, and mm. oh, like Android or something. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and I looked into it, and Ooh, yeah, the the um the answer that Tommy Tallarico gave in an interview a couple of years ago, he said that it is a Linux Android hybrid OS. Which okay. and he said that Linux is the flexible part and Android is the solid part and that's bullshit because Android is Linux already, right? So you can't have a hybrid between two things that are the same thing. It's a Linux Linux hybrid is what he's <laughs> I also, created here. I also love the idea that like Android, this famously rigid and like uh, <laughs> reliable, totally non malleable platform. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this this yeah. Uh, very locked down service that everybody. Oh uses. wait a yeah. minute, Android. I just thought about what this really reminds me of. This reminds yeah. me of every game that we saw on Nick Arcade that they used to play. Yeah, this is exactly <laughs> yeah. what this is. Absolutely, this is exactly. Absolutely. Every mini, mini, a mini game from Nick Arcade. This is exactly what this uh, is. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. so in conclusion, when Tommy shows up uh, during commercial breaks on Svengooly and he wants to <laughs> to sell you, uh, he wants to sell you the the Intellivision Amico. Uh, don't. I'm Jordan. I'm really glad you and I have the exact same touchstone for me TV. Yeah, Spinguli's great. Spinguli <laughs> rules. That guy, he's been doing it for like 20 years or something. He's a good host. Yeah. Yeah. See some cool movies on there. Check out Spinguli on your local MeTV affiliate. Not sponsored. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored content. Not yeah, they don't pay us, so fuck Get on the phone. Hey, hey, hey. maybe, like yeah. I said, maybe we make a game for this. Maybe we get him on the phone. Like, you know, we're making deals, we're making things happen. Spinguli, come on cable. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, 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 I would listen to that. I would be excited yeah. for that. Uh, I do want to talk oh. about. Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. There was more. Was there more? No, I, I was just sighing to myself and saying, "Well then, sorry." <laughs> well then, no, you're good. I didn't want to. I didn't want to railroad over any of your thoughts. Like that's not. That's not how we do things here. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the Take Two presentation, which I kind of loved that i'm just not gonna lie i sort of loved this because this felt like a low-key little bit of a flex uh take two instead of talking about any new games or like frankly things you normally hear about at e3 they used it to present a panel uh on diversity and on diversity in the industry and frankly like things like pipelines through education into the industry now, I, I will say just I, I watched it and personally felt like, OK, this is awesome. It was probably a little too short <laughs> uh, for each person to really speak. I think there were about seven or eight panelists who were who were there. But the folks they got were awesome. And it was kind of like I I will just admit I saw some some heated gamer friends just being very upset. They weren't hearing about like take two games. And instead, there's. Mm. What is this? And I was kind of like, <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I see you nodding <laughs> along, Khalif. Do you want to talk about this a little bit? I, I appreciated the the flex. I thought it was kind of cool. But yeah, really please. quickly because it was literally my favorite <laughs> part of today's coverage of everything that happened today. It was the best press conference of the day, and maybe of E three yeah. to be to be fair. Uh, I tweeted yeah. out in, in in the most snarky way. Everyone tuned up, got really got up really early to watch GTA, and all they got was D and I. It was amazing. 
It was the best thing on the planet to see so many people pissed out of their minds being mad about <laughs> yeah. why are they talking about DNI? Why are they talking about all this diversity stuff? Why are they having these conversations? I just want to see video games all the time. And it was pretty amazing. They had some great, great folks in that lineup. Gordon Bellamy, really cool uh, who is now over at Netflix, uh, Susanna Pollock, who who runs Game for Change. Uh, there were a bunch of folks in the in the conversation who were there who were brilliant and, and, and brought some really good commentary to the conversation. But it was such a dope move to be able to just see everybody be as mad uh, because they weren't going to get their GTA <laughs> in the morning um, and, and see so many people just be like, well, what were they supposed to do right now? And I was like, talk about whatever the hell they want. <laughs> do what you want. You have a slot. Do what you want. Uh, so it was it was an interesting time to see people be really kind of upset and 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 in bewilderment uh, about what happened during that part of the day. Yeah, yeah, and I really liked the the actual content. I I did of course wish that everybody had a little more time. It was it was very much like okay, talk 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 just because it was like several people that were that were on there, and I know they probably had a mandate to be like okay, you've got like thirty seconds <laughs> like to like yeah. say everything that you can kind of thing, which I'm always like no, I want to. You know, I want to hear more from these folks. They are yeah. incredible uh, and, and super cool. And like they, they, there was some really good content to it. They did talk about pipelines. They did talk about potential solutions uh, for why folks get lost in pipelines. But yeah, so it's always it's always like that. I just I appreciated that flex so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stephen, go ahead. Sounds like you wanted to <laughs> say something. Oh, I don't. I don't know that I have a ton to add just I because I didn't watch the uh, the event I do just like find it interesting I'm I'm curious and like this is genuine curiosity this is not like snark about this but I am curious like how things have changed at take two um when take two was like you know with rockstar and like the the rockstar spouses stuff uh back in the day the stuff that happened around like the Australian teams on LA Noir that was obviously years ago at this point but I'm very curious to wonder like how corporate culture and such has changed over there or or not changed as the case may be to, to make it a better working environment for for people or you know how much of this is is just public facing um grandstanding but i don't feel like we've recently heard a ton of like really terrible stories out of take two um in a time where more and more of that is becoming very public and much more difficult to to keep under wraps so yeah i'm i'm, I'm actually genuinely very interested in them i'd be interested to hear people who work there in a non uh at e3 presentation type way talk about those stories and talk about like what they think of uh working at that place agreed yeah that makes a lot of sense i also agree um yeah did anybody want to add anything about that before we before we move on or uh whoever is running the fanvite account in our twitch chat right now just said i heard take two pushed over an old woman allegedly (laughs) (laughs) so i'm guessing that's nikki Nikki. So Nikki. Allegedly. She's doing okay allegedly pushed over an old woman. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Gotcha. Well, Not illegal if you say allegedly. So it's true. Well, that's that's how libel laws work. Well, unlike uh Nikki, LB, and John, I don't live in Great Britain, so I I don't know uh, how they work in, uh, in- <laughs> I'm sorry. Y'all should listen to Friends Reunion. I'm just going to say it. Just listen to Friends Reunion. It's a beautiful podcast where beautiful people do beautiful things. Uh, I mean, beautiful humans. I don't mean, you know, aesthetically speaking. Aesthetically wow, speaking, damn. though. Wow, Danielle. Just fucking putting them on blast. I'm saying that I, I wouldn't. I, I, I am not going to say that about my coworkers. 
you know, my my colleagues are beautiful sure. humans in every yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. In every way. That's what I was trying yeah. to say there. In every That's way. All. Okay. I was just trying to go with the aesthetic thing because we then went into really pretty indie games. Here we go. <laughs> Real pretty indie games. There's like Thank a couple you, that I saw. So the indie showcase was just like boom, 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 boom. A whole bunch of trailers of indie games, many of which were very pretty. Life Slide was one that definitely caught my eye. This kind of looks like a, a pilot wings, but indie and, you know, low poly, pretty. You're flying around. There's a whole lot of flying around. I don't know if there's much more going on but flying around, but that's that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm into that. Paper airplane. I like that. Yeah. Reminds me a bit of Flower. Yeah. Remember Flower? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flower. Mm-hmm. I loved Flower. Yeah. That, that game was great. really fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so bit of bit of flower, bit of race the sun, maybe a little bit in there as well. Oh yeah, race okay. the sun was really good too. Yeah. Okay. Stephen with um, the deep indie uh, flying around low poly environment poles. You know, like <laughs> I I have a niche and I exploit it as best as I can. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of niches great. that I can exploit, I can talk a tiny bit about Terra Invicta, which I think was at the same thing. It's at Please least in do. the same I think it was section next. of the notes. Um, yeah. I did not see, well, they didn't show a ton of Terra Invicta during this thing. Like, uh, Terra Invicta was, they they did a weird thing where it's just like, here's the strategy game section where we're going to show three strategy games all right next to each other. And we're only going to show 15 seconds of each of them because they, they, it almost felt like they were like, all right, we'll get this nerd shit out of the way so that you people can get back to your guns and your fucking cool little kitty cats or whatever. Your kitty cats. (laughs) Your kitty cat games. Uh, Cat boys, gotcha pulls. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Is Ori with you right now? Well, Finn has been asleep uh, on the side of my bed this entire time. I just want to point her out. Fantastic. Anyway, Um, please go. Please go on. No, I always want to hear about kitty cats. Um, I don't know that there's any cat people in any of these games, but the one that I know the most about is Terra Invicta, which is... People who uh, watch other fanbyte.com streams might know that I've been playing some XCOM 2 uh, War of the Chosen on on twitch.tv slash fanbyte for a little while now. And the team that makes the very popular long war mods for XCOM and XCOM 2 spun off to go make their own video game. And it's called Terra Invicta. Um, And it is about... A bunch of aliens coming to Earth and uh, Earth basically trying to respond to that. They are calling it a grand strategy game, which uh, would be like your Crusader Kings or your Stellaris, uh, but on a much smaller scale than a Stellaris anyway, much bigger scale than Crusader Mm. Kings. Because uh, you are basically moving across the human solar system, mining asteroids, doing all this stuff, trying to build up resources and political clout among these six different factions to um, save humanity uh, in whatever way that means. There's like one faction where it's like they worship the aliens and want the aliens to take over. So you, if you play as them, you basically try and convince humanity to let the aliens ascend humanity or there's a hmm. – uh, Faction that's like, we should just leave Earth altogether, give it to the aliens, let's just fucking dip. Um, it's got a very clean look to it. I'm, I'm very curious to see how mm. it actually plays. But, you know. um, I like a good strategy. Yeah, you Every do like a then. good strategy. You like a, you like an Into the Breach, I've heard. I do. You like a Mario mm-hmm. plus Rabbids Kingdom battle. <laughs> very similar <laughs> game. I, I, I sure do. I mean, hey, they scratch the same itch. Yeah, sure. They don't look the same, but they scratch the same itch, you know. For sure. Uh, so yeah. That Frontier Falling game looked really cool too. It looked really, really pretty from an art Yeah, totally. Yeah. Sure. 
it was in the same uh, in the same thing. That seemed like it's more of a um, you're moving fleet like it's fleet battles RTS type mm-hmm. thing. Almost a little bit like that Battlestar Galactica Deadlock game that came out a few years ago. That was like a oh wow secretly very good. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, we're hearing a bit about that. Mm-hmm. I this also really stuck out to me. Fallen Aces. This is a crime noir FPS. Do you know how hard it is for me to say the word noir? It's, it's, hard. it's very difficult. It's some kind of noir. Noir. <laughs> Crime noir. But it, it has a look. It has a look to it. Uh, there's a lot of like punching guys in that funky little 2D. Uh, Steven, this is a game you played a couple of years back that I really liked. I think you liked it, maybe not as much as me, but it has a had a similar kind of look to it, this sort of cartoon cell shaded, uh, almost as if it's like really flat characters walking towards you. But uh, the, you the are bastards game. That Void one, right? bastards, yeah. Void bastards, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I love. I actually, I think I hundred percented that game. I like, game really great. loved it. Yeah, it I, fantastic. I liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, I found it a, a little bit grindy. Is this the same developer? It's a very similar art style. No, I, I don't think it is. It's just that that style. It, that's right where my brain went. It's, it's not in space. This looks like it's a, you know, a, a '30s like pulp detective kind of, kind of dealio going on. But it has that. That feeling that I don't see tons of, that super silhouetted, not silhouetted, I'm thinking of the wrong word, but like when it's a 2D character on a 3D plane, basically. It's like it's, it's like 90s 2D object. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's 2D yes, objects yes, yes, yes. in, in a 3D Doom. environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That billboarding effect or whatever it's called. Uh, it's really, <laughs> it's a cool look. It's interesting. Uh, there's also just like a lot of like... I don't know. Weird comedy. I love, there's an animation here where the guys or, or person is like kicking down the door and the foot just looks like yeah. good <laughs> animation. It's a nice animation. I appreciate that in a trailer. So I don't know much like, about this. I just think it looked cool. So yeah. I, I already just seeing this footage, I think this might be up your alley, Danielle, because I see like some of the weird sort of immersive simmy interactions yeah. of like you kick a guy and there's a passing trolley and you kick a guy into the trolley and he just gets fucking squashed. <laughs> Like it's okay. the trolley the problem, problem, you know. Yeah, fallen that's the trolley aces. problem. <laughs> that's the trolley problem. <laughs> <laughs> there aces. it is. Fallen I, I kind of like the fact uh, that you can. Sh- there's like uh, contextual uh, damage. So like, one guy got shot in the crotch and he like held his crotch. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. I've never seen someone do that with that kind of that kind of art mm-hmm. style before. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks look pretty awesome. I also, I wanted to highlight a game called Moolander. <laughs> I kept hearing so much uh, think, about this all day today. I just didn't I, see I Moolander. I just saw the trailer and it, and it looks like a 2D shooter or platformer. And it's all like weird sci-fi. It's really like, okay, there's like fucked up cows. There's fucked up all kinds of stuff. All mutants. Like everything's all a little messed up. This is a fucked up cow. Oh, That's a fucked up cow. I don't wow, like that cow spikes. Cow. I don't, like it. Up. Yeah. I don't like it. I thought this was going to be about a cow that can't turn left. Oh, no. <laughs> so well, it's a cheap game. So, you know, like they just maybe flip side to side. You can't it's not, go it's not left. Turn. Uh-huh. Gotta keep going right. You can never go great. left. You know? It just has a look to it. I, I like this. Yeah, look. this looks nuts. This would be perfect <laughs> yeah. on the Amico. Hey. Hey. You know, they gotta you know call each looks, other. You know what this looks a little bit like, but like much more ridiculous version of um insanely twisted shadow planet. Remember yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Remember yeah. when Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet had a toy deal with Del Taco? 
No. What? What? Remember that? What? That happened. That happened in here in America. Yeah. (laughs) Only thing I remember about Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet it was was it was made by the guy who animated the water in the Iron Giant. (laughs) That's what. Incredible. That's what. You know what? I love. I love shit like. Oh, that's a fucked up cow. Yo, I don't like any of these cows. Yo, fuck these cows. I don't like any of these cows. It's coming out on everything spring 2022. I don't like it. Uh, I don't know if we have the trailer for it, but I did think Tunguska, the visitation looked interesting. That kind of has like a survival horror, like PS2, maybe even PS1 kind of vibe. But again, this is all just looking at stuff and and just saying, hey, this jumped out at me. This aesthetic is interesting. This gameplay might be fun. That's very Mm -hmm. much what the indie showcase was to me. It was like, bunch of stuff. Take a look. All right. Thank you, Ren, our producer. Thank you so much. Uh, This is Tunguska, I think. Uh, yeah, it's it just has a look blast. again. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like this uh, isometric kind of thing. I've seen a lot of tiny developers do not exactly this, but do like PS One aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beginning of this trailer looks like a survival sim, but the end of the trailer starts to look like survival horror. There's a lot of monsters and stuff, so it's not just like sort of the general. Okay, you got to craft, you know, your meal packs or whatever. It's more like, oh, you got to actually not, you know, die with the monsters come get you. So, but at the same time. Cool. Like- I, I feel like so many games that go for that first person or for the uh, PlayStation <laughs> one look are going for like uh, you see a lot of first person shooters like that. You see a lot of like mm-hmm. the, the haunted PS one uh, demo disc type uh, type games. This is like a, this is like crusader, no remorse or commandos or um, desperados, you know, that, uh, that mm-hmm. the, those top down isometric games. Um, yeah, this has a very different style to it. Yeah. Hey, it could be cool. It's the indie showcase, and hmm. those are the games that, that really jumped out to me. I don't know if other folks had any other things that jumped out to you at the indie showcase, or if you if you saw it. It's been there's been a lot of games. It's been a lot of games lately, so I'm not you know a judgment. There's been a lot. I didn't get a chance to check any of these out, unfortunately. This looks really cool, though. I think out of the ones that you've shown us, um, that paper airplane game from the beginning looks so really pretty. serene. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I truly love games like that, especially nowadays where I'm like, I just need to chill. Oh, is this Neko, Neko Ghost Jump? I think we've got Neko Ghost Jump here as well, uh, which is a both a 2D and 3D platformer. Oh, uh, wow. You know, oh, kind of kind of doing that thing, which is yeah. pretty cool. The, the sort of um, That's fun. mischief makers. Exactly, fight. mischief makers. But yeah. Yeah. It's a, and it's got a cat, which, Lick-possum. you know, I can ask my cat. What do you think, Finn? What do you think, Finn? I don't know. What does Finn think? Nothing? <laughs> wow, Jordan yeah. fucking put it in Daniel's cat. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm just saying, he's on the call. She's on the call. They need to be uh, contributing. She saying. just wants to look pretty. I, You know, I don't know. I can't, uh, can't completely She's pulling the paycheck. She needs to be God. part of the conversation. She just wants to be Honestly. on the call, part of the conversation, but just wants to look pretty. If fucking, I mm-hmm. can relate. For God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was this extra Galactica as well, which also has quite a look. Cool. Uh, I could not completely suss out what the gameplay would be from this trailer. Did look action-y. It looked adventure-y. There, there are segments that look almost like, are you shooting something through like a maze? And segments that look like, hey, hanging out, chilling, doing some adventure gamey stuff, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Now it says to play football? What? It does. <laughs> There's something about football. Don't quite understand it yet, but I'm interested. Hey, it got my attention. You know, it looks, it looks sure. fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like this look. I like the chunky pixels. I personally do enjoy that look. And when it's married with interesting gameplay, hey, you might have me. So. <laughs> Exactly. We might be losing Stephen and it's really No, bad. no. I've just forgot. I've, I literally just the other night somebody uh commented, "Hey, uh your setup looks great. Your ring light is really working. The camera is awesome. Just remember that when you record these night shows that uh it becomes dusk when uh where you are midway through the recording. So you should have mm-hmm. a light on behind you when that happens uh cuz it gets dark and the sunlight in front of me stops coming in here and that has happened again so it's nice and dark in here with a big burning light in my face so it's um oh. it's uh <laughs> maybe exhausting my eyes faster than it normally should have no, now I, did i remember I to fix that no 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 <laughs> it's about, hey it's e3 okay yeah, i'm yeah. not like stress cry i'm not stress crying and screaming so i'm happy like <laughs> we're doing great <laughs> right, let's, well, let's Steven, move here's on to capcom might- yeah. Let's move on to Capcom. I think we're ready for Capcom. Are we ready for a Capcom collab? Now, I mean, yeah. <laughs> who's ready for Capcom? Who's ready for the Capsule Commander? Ow! All right. I'm going to be honest, Stephen. I know I know less than nothing about Monster Hunter. Do you want to talk a little bit about Monster Hunter? Do you want to tell us what you saw? With uh, the well, in the hunting. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Honestly, not a fucking lot. I say this as somebody who loves Monster Hunter Rise, who ha- played the first sure. Monster Hunter stories. Um, the consensus on Twitter was that this Capcom event was not very good or interesting. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with the Monster Hunter stuff that was shown because they had previously shown a roadmap for Monster Hunter Rise that kind of explained like, hey, the the upcoming next couple of updates here aren't going to be as big as the previous updates, which added new monsters, new armor, new weapons, and all the good stuff that you want from a big, meaty, like, version point oh update. Um, sure. And then it said, okay. <laughs> they got and- leather pants. Okay, they got leather pants. I'm so sorry leather to interrupt you, but that's all I see. Black leather um, legs. Yeah, leather legs. I do honestly, like as somebody who used the Dante from Devil May Cry black leather pants uh cosmetic armor in Monster Hunter World a lot on my fashion uh in that game. I'm excited for that part. Excellent. Um, excellent, excellent. The rest of it is just it's just like they had already shown a, a roadmap and it, it's a more detailed roadmap now, but it's still just really showing like very small incremental updates like here will be a little mission where you fight a monster that you already know and you'll get a you'll get some sunglasses. And it's like, OK, that's cool. But like, it's not particularly exciting and it doesn't look like there's anything particularly exciting coming for a while. If that roadmap mm-hmm. is to be believed, um, gotcha. which is a bit of a bummer. Do you remember when uh, before this was officially announced, there was that Capcom leak and people were talking about Rise also being a PC game? Do you yeah. remember that? Uh, Do you yeah, think because that they uh, might be holding on to some of that stuff for an eventual PC release so that they can get to parity between those versions earlier. Oh, maybe. Because for yeah. a long time, it was that the PC version of Monster Hunter World came out six months after the console version, and those updates were six months behind for like almost a full year until they were able to reach parity between those two versions. Yeah, I mean, we that's not even just like from that leak. We actually uh were one of the people who got the early scoop on the PC version like official oh, did announcement. We? Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Okay. okay. Um Sorry, I, I missed that. No, no, I had an interview with a couple of the the Monster Hunter Rise developers and uh they they dropped that news for me. So, um you can read about that on fanbyte.com. Um 
That does make a lot of sense, though, because when, one of the things I wrote about most, the other thing you could read about on fanbyte.com is Monster Hunter Rise at launch did not feel like a finished game. It feel, felt mm-hmm. like a game that they had to get out the door before Q1 of 2021 because it came out in like March before to meet like f- fiscal, um, you know, measurements and stuff like that. Sure, sure. And the updates that have come previously feel like, okay, now this feels like it is has a complete, like, story campaign. <laughs> it feels like it, it got to where it wanted to be. And then if they are now saying, okay, that's the base game, and everything that comes after will be extra stuff, if you're starting from that point on the PC version, that makes a lot more sense, if, if that's mm-hmm. what they're, they're going into this uh, thinking. And that is supposed to be... God, I we have the release date for the PC on the on the site, but I forget. It's not too far off now at this point, though, because the game has been out since March. So, so mm-hmm. it, it's we're coming around the corner here. So, yeah, hopefully there will be more stuff around that PC version for sure. At the very least, there will be mods. People modded uh, the hell out of Monster Hunter World. So, <laughs> oh, God, red they, leather they pants, ever... red leather yep. pants. Can the monsters, oh. yeah, can the monsters wear the leather pants? Can you put like your uh... Uh, Baratheon is that a monster? <laughs> yeah. Robert Baratheon. Uh, you can, yeah, you can he's here. He's wearing Game of Thrones is own house Baratheon. Well, you know, like that one. Oh, you can't put Targaryen the dragon and like the mm-hmm. like, Danielle. Danielle, you can put like you get into PC modding. You go to the Steam Workshop. You can put any character you want in leather pants. Uh, you can put the, the 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 Digimon that everybody wants to fuck. You could do anything you want. <laughs> Steven, that's I like 15 so Digimon. Oh, my face hurts. <laughs> Which one? Wait, who's yeah. trying to smash You're have to Digimon? Be way more specific. What? <laughs> is it the one that's kind of like a fox? The one that looks like a human lady? There's a it's bunch the, of It's them. the fox one. Come on. Come oh, okay, one. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, I guess speaking of, of, of people that people are horny for, uh, Resident <laughs> Evil Village is getting some DLC. Uh, we don't know much about it. I A guess. Plus. Um, yeah, they basically just said, hey, DLC exists for this game. <laughs> we yeah. haven't Later. started it We're yet. We're making it. Yeah. <laughs> Pop, by popular demand, we're going to make it. Well, I mean, what are the odds that it is Lady Dimitrescu Gaiden, right? Because, like, they said that they did not expect every like people to love that character as much as they did. And that she totally popped off in that uh, after that initial trailer. And, you know, she is one of... Well, like four or five four like zone bosses that have part of Dracula's body that you need to resurrect him or whatever the fuck it is that you do in that game. Sure. Um, yeah. You're hey Jordan, I don't know if yeah. you've played that game. You're not as far off as you think you are. Yeah, <laughs> okay, you're cool. Right, I haven't. Actually. Uh, really? I've been watching a lot of Castlevania games uh being streamed lately though. Um Incredible. But yeah, my my gut just says that they had to they made a hard pivot after they saw how popular that lady is and are doing some DLC about her. I have nothing yeah, to set on. They gotta at yeah. this point. Yeah, they they absolutely could. There's there's room there because all of those characters, not just Lady uh, Dimitrescu, but like basically every character in that game has a bunch of background story that is hinted at in that game that you don't really see a lot of. Hmm. Um, there's like Lady Dimitrescu has like a whole thing about how well because they all have like powers, like various different weird like Resident Evil bioweapon powers, and you never really mm-hmm. see any kind of story about like who they were before they got those powers and like why, uh, you know, I would like to see them do DLC around the daughters would be super cool. Cause they didn't yeah. get any love. They kind of didn't really have a purpose. 
I want to see you well, at least be able to. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and, they, and they need to like put some like Ethan Hands DLC in there. They got to fix his hands. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, like, what if you had like, what if there was an option like cosmetics that you could uh, like when Ethan gets his hand chopped off, you can just like shunk, and like just replace it with different hands. Like you could have. Oh, like, like oh, oh you can sure. put like. Oh. oh yeah, hands right there. Yeah, or give him like mm-hmm. a spork on the end of his. Give hand. him a just a, just sure. stab a spork in there. I mean, yeah. why not? Listen, he'd you be can... better off, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd be useful at that point. <laughs> <laughs> he's been through a lot. Uh, yeah, it's it's just wild, <laughs> though. That I want to see. Because they're going to go nuts with it and do something super, super wild, which which I love about mm-hmm. them. I am not excited about the online version that they're going to drop next month. Because I have a feeling that it's going to be terrible. Wait, what is that? They have an <laughs> online component that they're going to be doing next month. Oh, oh my god, that multiplayer theory? Yeah. They're still doing that? Yes, they're I still totally doing it. I totally forgot about that game. I mean, if you raise your hand wow. if you played an, a, a good online <laughs> Resident Evil game yet. <laughs> I mean, you know what they could do? They could put that on the Amico, and I, I think it would sell game. <laughs> Listen, grandma's across game to play with your the country. <laughs> yeah, grandma needs a little lady in her life. That's I'm all saying, it is. Look, my nine foot grandma hats. comes over. We don't have any video games to play with her. <laughs> they do wear the same hat. You do wear the same hat. <laughs> I'm a grandma ass hat. Lady D rocks a grandma ass hat. It is for real, for real. Put her in some black leather pants, and then you're perfect. It'll be fantastic. Right? Best DLC. You have the crossover. Is- it works. Yeah. Ren from the Ren Zone says the Revelations multiplayer was not bad, and then three exclamation points. That is tomfoolery, Ren. I do not believe that at all. <laughs> We've got fighting words today here. Tom, <laughs> we're gonna chat. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's day five hundred uh, of E three twenty twenty one. I think we're all a little punchy, no doubt. Yep. But while we're it's still true. talking about Capcom, before we move on, please, I want everybody's because the third thing they talked about this thing. Yeah. Well, they talked about Resident Evil briefly. They talked about Monster Hunter. They recapped a bunch of stuff we already knew about that new Ace Attorney's game that All has right. Herlock Sholmes in it or whatever the fuck it is. Herlock Sholmes. Put respect Herlock on Sholmes. his name. He's a great detective. <laughs> I refuse. And uh, they they talked about the Street Fighter V World Tour uh, okay. esports tournament thing that they're going to be doing this year. I want predictions from everybody. How long is it going to be until Capcom puts out another fighting game? Chat play Six along. Baratheon years. <laughs> Six Baratheon years from Danielle. Okay. I mean, I mean, like for real, for real prediction, I think it would have to be probably another two years, though. Because, because yeah. I, I feel like to, for for them, the the thing that that was the 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 thing that hamstrung them was online code, mm-hmm. which basically cost. Uh, um, why can't I think of his name right now with the Blanca toy? All the time, Yoshinori Ono. Yes, hmm. Ono-san. Ono-san basically lost his job because of that, for the most part. Yeah, it was like huh. the yeah, online rough. stuff wasn't working well, or at least really? at least that was that was. That. I mean, not, not. I'm not going to say that that's the actual direct wing, but that that felt like from the community was the biggest problem. He was at the head of that uh, conversation mm-hmm. for them not going to to roll back netcode uh, for that kind of stuff. But, um. Yeah, I feel like the conversation now is is broadened out because of what we've seen in there with with uh uh Guilty Gear Strive now being out and that mm-hmm. also being a part of and then also Virtual Fighter now coming out. You're seeing this bunch of yep. fighting games now coming out that people are starting to get back into and starting to care about. It's going to move the conversation for Street Fighter 
uh, forward in a way that's going to kind of accelerate that because they have to keep up at this point. Um, so I, probably in the next couple of years, I think. Cool. Steven? Yeah, I actually think uh, Cobb made some like incredibly salient points there about like the other games kind of giving them a run for their money at this point. I think a lot of people were really caught off. Well, literally everyone was really caught off guard about the um, about the COVID situation. But I think fighting games were especially hit hard because fighting games so often. One of the reasons that so many people have bad netcode in fighting games is because they're like, well, fuck you. Go play at a tournament. Go play at Evo or whatever. Play play locally. That's mm-hmm. how this is meant to be played. We don't give a shit about the the netcode and then covid happened and nobody could play locally and you saw that destroy like remember grand blue versus remember that the people mm, who made guilty yeah. gear a week ago had another game yeah. that came out and nobody's talking about it because it had bad netcode and it came out yep. right at the height of of covid um and it's it's a crying shame because that game was like really really cool but like yeah no, nobody fucking remembers it at this point and yeah like i i hope uh <laughs> With the way that Guilty Gear Strive has been going on the on the online front, not necessarily with the netcode. The netcode seems like it's probably fine, but um, it's great. It's really good. Oh, good, good. Go, glad to hear that. Yeah. But because the other thing I've seen about that game's multiplayer is that so many people are playing it that the game's server capacity maxed out, and nobody could play matches a day or two ago because they just like ran out of space. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, been it's the it's the most popular fighting game that's ever been on Twitch and wow. or not oh, Twitch. Wow. I'm not not Twitch. I'm oh. sorry, I misspoke. The most popular fighting game that's ever been on Steam. Steam in terms oh. of concurrent oh, makes sense. Uh, more than more than Tekken Six or Street Fighter Five or anything else, basically. Um, and so the the like console launch was about what they expected, and then the um, PC launch happened a few days afterwards. And they had like more over 30,000 concurrent players, which is huge numbers for uh, PC fighting games. And uh, yeah, there, there have been a lot of, of connection issues because of that. When, when it does work though, the, those online matches are flawless. Like you, they might, they may as well be local unless, unless you're playing at 4k, in which case it breaks the whole game (laughs) for both people. But so don't play at 4k, but otherwise it's extremely functional. Uh, We, we had a lot of guesses of, um, four years, three years, five years in chat. Um, Paul says LeBron, twenty and LeBron years. James too. <laughs> LeBron James, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting. My uh, my guess was a far more cynical, like eight years. But after hearing cause points, I'm I'm revising that down to like three or four. I think somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's going to be a Street Fighter. I don't think we're going to see something that's not Street Fighter from mm-hmm. Capcom for a long time. You don't think maybe we're in eight years we'll get a dark? St- no, no. It's they. They wouldn't take the risk. They're the, like Capcom is hugely risk averse right now, and mm-hmm. like that's why they're putting so much effort into Monster Hunter and Resident Evil, and those games are really good. But they are that's their focus because that's what's safe and is popular right now. That's very fair. It's a good point. I just hope that when when we do, whenever it is, whether in uh, two years or or ten, I do hope that the ripple effect of you know things happening the way that they did, that you know, in in one positive thing, um, we can see out of it is like more fighting games taking like netcode seriously, um, and like making yeah, those totally. games more like, approachable and accessible to a wider audience of people. You know. Yeah, I don't want to get too in the weeds about rollback netcode because that's not what this show is. Um, send an email to... No. 
but th- this to is the first ono. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yoshinori Ono, come on, K-Hole. This is the first uh, fighting game from a major Japanese developer that has rollback in it. Mm-hmm. And that's like a huge deal. And I think that them seeing how positive the critical and player response has been to that is going to make a lot of make a lot of changes happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Anything else on Capcom? Capsule, uh, any Capsule Commanders. The, I mean, we didn't really see a ton of new stuff from it, but um, I'm I'm just stoked for another Ace Attorney game. I love Ace Attorney. And, sure, sure. Uh, we haven't had a new one since that last 3DS game, which I uh, pitched you and Laura Miche a uh, <laughs> feature about back when I was freelancing for Zam.com. So it's been yeah. a minute. What? <laughs> Where? Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever heard of it. Um, it's lost com. in the annals. What's that, Danielle? What Herlock Sholmes. Steven? What's a good website? Yeah, Herlock Sholmes. Yeah. It's a That's a fucking That's like blizzard ass say. World of Warcraft. Like, yeah. I was going to say, sorry. that's the sort of thing I would, I would like, yeah, that, that would be a name <laughs> I would think was the real thing. And I'd be like, yeah, it's-, it's Herlock. What is wrong with you people? Herlock Sholmes. <laughs> Consulting detectives, one of the greatest games. Wait, why don't you guys read literature? And then I would be wrong, and I would be very upset, and I would I would hang my head in shame. Oh, so, uh, no! It's, it it just looks it looks good. These are the for people who don't know. Like I'll, I'll just very quickly move uh, like explain it, and then we can move on. But um, they're just like um, two new, uh, not new Ace Attorney games, but two. Ace Attorney games that are set in the um, like Victorian era England and I forget which era that matches up with in Japan, but it's like 1800s uh, Ace Attorney games where you play as the uh, ancestor of Phoenix Wright who um, is bumping around with a guy named Herlock Sholmes, who, if you can believe it, is a detective in England. And um, they were only released in Japan previously. They never had an English translation and we haven't had a new Ace Attorney game in about like five years now. Um, So it's for a lot of people going to be going to be a new Ace Attorney experience. And they're coming out as one collection on Switch, I think. So I'm very excited because I love those games. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited to play it on Switch because I can't physically with how messed up my wrist is i can't physically play 3ds games anymore it's just like not happening yeah but with the switch i can put it on a little dock i can put it on my little desk i can play it mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and it's awesome yeah those first so, three yeah. uh they have not ported most of the most like the the 3d games the most recent ace attorney games to anything else really but the first three ace attorney games are on switch now as well if, if you ever wanted to check those oh. out no i might have to go hang out with my friend herlock you know i might have to- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say he's not in so, any of them. <laughs> I'm just so mad that this sounds like a porn name. It just sounds just like a porn it name. It does! It sounds You're like a porn name. That is, Herlock Sholmes gets around. Right? I don't know. You know, maybe uh, detective work. Like, you know, like, listen, somebody could be a porn performer and a detective. Like, sure, Herlock yeah, Sholmes. There's no limit. Case of his life to solve. And he's not <laughs> expecting no what he's going to find under the sheets. <laughs> Between these <laughs> black yeah. leather pants. Like, what? Like, right? Like, it's all what? coming together now. Why? It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm so glad for E3. How about that PC gaming show, huh? Who watched that? I did see, I will say, I did see the Tinykin game. 
Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'm jumping ahead. I'll talk later about Tiny Kin. Mm. Uh, who saw Pi- Pi- Pioneer? Pioneer? Uh, my Pioneer. partner speaks. My, Pioneer? my partner speaks fluent Russian and like speaks Russian at home. I might be getting yelled at later, but Pioneer. <laughs> Pioneer. Pioneer? It is so a quick history lesson. I'll try to keep this very brief. Quick history lesson about stalker. Great game. I loved playing it when it came out, uh, was a huge success relative to the state of like Eastern European developed games at the time. The team that made it kind of like imploded immediately after it came out and couldn't agree on what to do next and split off into about 17,000 different developers that all say uh, whenever they make a new game, they all say like from the creators of Stalker because that like three of them are over here, (laughs) four of them are over Uh here, nine of them are over here. Um, and this is one of those, this is in that legacy of like from the creators of Stalker, because some of the creators of Stalker made another game that looks a lot like Stalker. Um, also we saw gameplay of Stalker two for the first time this year. Also, there's another game in the PC gaming showcase that also looks a lot like Stalker. Um, every, yeah, every so often, um, you see a game that looks kind of like a blown out, bombed out first person shooter, Games set in like nineties to early two thousands, um, post-apocalyptic alternate history, Russia. And this is another one of those. It looks maybe a little bit more inventive than some of those in terms of like the art style, but yeah. I'm just confused. Uh, the weapon as to design looks cool. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Kyle. Sorry. No, I was just, just going to say really quickly, cause we're looking at some of the B roll for the video folks. If you're listening to this in the audio form, every one of these games has a fucked up Ferris wheel. Why is that yep. a thing? Yep. Why is that a thing? I've never been to Russia. I don't know if that's a thing. Why is well, everything Kyle, how, how better to how better can they communicate that once what once was good is now bad than to take the universal symbol of happiness, which is the Ferris wheel, and create a <laughs> fucked up version of it? I, so, yeah, that that was a very good point. I, I stand corrected. There is a real reason for this, which is that in so. These games, the lineage of of the Stalker franchise, beside like ignoring Roadside Picnic and ignoring um, Stalker, the the which is the movie based on the book Roadside Picnic, which the game is yes. then loosely based on as well. Ignoring that stuff, the legacy of these games is that they basically take place in a world where a second weird disaster happens around Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Chernobyl was near a city uh in ukraine called pripyat pripyat had an amusement park uh which during during in the 1986 like grand opening uh was canceled because of the chernobyl incident so there was a big high profile amusement park nearby that never actually opened i love you for knowing that (laughs) <laughs> that wow, made me you. very yeah. happy because I talked a whole like bunch of shit about Ferris wheels. It was like, no, well, hold on. Here's the real reason well, why this is a thing. Let's just tell you about really the, cool. the man who invented the Ferris wheel, who was I'm, actually I'm, a radioactive mutant. I'm very happy. I'm happy. No, that's fucking dope. I don't care. That was great. That's Doesn't great. it feel good to like? To, to I learned learn something. You talk I, shit. And honestly, it feels great. No, Stephen, thank you. I appank appreciate so the hell much. out of that. That's really cool. So, Stephen, are you going to play this game? 
I might check it out. Honestly, I'm I'm very excited for Stalker Two. Um, and this one actually looks like a more interesting one of these sort of like Stalker lineage games that I've seen in a minute. But also, Stalker mm-hmm. Two is coming out, so I don't sure. I don't know. Um, but it basically, this has anytime, like a floating lady. Yeah, there's a floating lady here. There's some you're you're talking to her, and there's some dialogue choices. I like the monster design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does look cool. Yeah, but um, I. Uh, I have not played any of these Stalker pseudo sequels that they put out, but I really, really liked Stalker when it came out. And I think 2008, um, it was a very formative game for me at the time. And I've kind of chased that high a little bit ever since. And like a lot of people, that's why we keep seeing games like this is like a lo- Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl is a very unique game that came out at a time where nothing else like it really existed. And I think mm. that imprinted on a lot of people. Yeah. What's the mm-hmm. what's the 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 hook for stalker games? Like I know in um, uh, Metro, it's the you don't have any air kind of deal, and you're always in the sewers and stuff. What was the thing for stalker? What was the kind of like hook? Stalker um, is is very much tonally very reminiscent of of Metro, or Metro is very reminiscent tonally of Stalker. But Metro was a much more linear first person story where you're just like going from level to level. Stalker mm. was like an open world game where you could just like you were just dumped into a big area. The only thing that you had was a tattoo on your arm that just said Stalker on it, and then a PDA that said like find the Stalker, kill the Stalker, like something mm. like that. It, it was honestly like a proto Breath of the Wild in some ways, but like a, a shooter where it was just like fucking go nuts. We're, we're dropping you into this world. Here are one or two tools. Here are a bunch of weird things that can happen in this world that you can stumble onto. And we're not going to tell you no anytime. You could you could walk from one end of the map to the other without like ever stopping if you're strong enough to get past like the fucking jacked up super soldiers guarding this barricade or whatever. If you're, uh. if you're stealthy enough or whatever. You know, and and it was just like really, really, really interesting at the time because it was it was before a lot of games were being that open ended in that way. And on top of that, had this super cool um, post-apocalyptic alternate history kind of vibe to it. Mm. I think that might be the reason why I'm excited for Atomic Heart, though. Yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Good call. Very good call. I, I love anything that has immersive elements or not that I love it, but I love the idea of it and we'll try anything with immersive elements. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, there's an indie Pikmin called Tinykin. It even sounds like Pikmin. Uh, <laughs> I love the way this looked right away. Like at first I was like, well, that's just Pikmin. And then within like 30 seconds of watching <laughs> like all the cute little more platformy elements, because Pikmin is much more of a puzzle game, um, mm-hmm. which I also love. And I adore the original Pikmin and Pikmin 2. And as a good idle thumb, of course, Pikmin 2's multiplayer is still, like, just all-time incredible, incredible game. Uh, yeah, this I, looks really cute. This looks I, so cute. It's very, uh, like, platformery, I think. And, yeah, Kyle, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I kind of wish that that was your, your hater voice. <laughs> it's like, this is Pikmin. This is Pikmin, guys. I want that to be your hater voice so bad. That's just kind of my voice. It's unfortunately, no, no, like, no, just no, my because... voice. This is when I'm imitating cute. anything, yeah, like the little guy with the little like little, like cute. semi undercut, and it's Tinykin, and it's like this nice little animation style, and you know you're kind of it looks like you're kind of like throwing your Pikmin at obstacles and using them to oh, wow. you know, there's make a little ladder oh, and you know kind of use them to manipulate the environment. It looks cool. This looks this really is kind of cool. dope. I was a little bit a little upset at the fact that that bug flew up. 
And I was like, got yeah. all my all my New York apartment roach uh, PTSD back. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that's yeah. not cool. But this looks fantastic. This looks super dope. Yes, this looks really cute. I'm, huh. I'm very excited for this. Uh, this so is for a the tiny people build, playing along at home, tiny build. I believe this is a tiny build joint. Uh-oh. It's a, it's called Tiny Kin as well. So I I think that's part of the the dealio with them. So yeah, uh, a lot of cool environments. Yeah. yeah, tiny build. Yeah. Tiny build. Yeah, it says there, right there. Tinykin.com. Uh, 2022, but nothing more specific than that. It looks like a um, the environment for the people playing along at home, the environment you're in are, are fully rendered 3D, but you and all your little your little guys that are running around are all 2D, like Cartoon Network style cartoon people. And um, that's a really interesting mix that I haven't seen before. It's also one of these like, yeah, uh, you're very small in a normal sized environment, so uh, you're running around like um, there's a guitar, but it's an enormous guitar because you're extremely tiny, that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, use this the is really to jump. <laughs> yeah, you use the strings to bounce on. This has a, a huge amount of personality. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, excited yeah, I like for this. The way it looks. I like one of my favorite things to do in Pikmin is pick up Pikmin or tell Pikmin to go attack a guy, and then just like a stream of little dudes slams into a big monster and they do that in this trailer so i'm just down i'm like i'm here here for it i like that that's awesome i did not see much of citizen sleeper but somebody here in the note says it seems cool as hell oh yes this this is sleeper sorry i was thinking of something else yeah this looks rad uh sleeper a citizen sleeper yeah, I don't know a ton about it, so I'll try to keep this brief. I also feel like I've just like taken up so much airtime already, but uh, <laughs> they um, it seems like a narrative-driven game set on like a space station where you are some kind of like um, drifting uh, person who's been woken up from cryosleep or a robot or something. I actually don't know a ton about it. I emailed the developers to get maybe some more information about it like a couple hours before this uh, started, but haven't heard back quite yet. Um it is by the same, at least publisher, I think, that made In Other Waters, uh, which was an indie mm-hmm. game from oh, a cool. year ago. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it seems like very narrative-based. Uh, it also reminds me a lot of a game that I did not play, but I heard a lot about called Tharsis, in that oh, it is yes. a narrative game. Yeah, did you play that, uh, Khalif? I like Tharsis. Tharsis was pretty cool. Yeah. So this seems like a lot like that. Mm-hmm. The dice roll kind of kind of mechanic that you kind of played into it. And yeah, it's super, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like you roll dice and then like certain and then the dice numbers become resources. And if you need to like open a door on the on the spaceship or something like that, you can drop that die into that thing and, and use that and expend that in order to like get it some food or oxygen or, or something like that. And it has a extremely um, unique art style, I think, like a, a 2D sort of um, sort of like mid-2000s image comics kind of look to it I a was bit. exactly mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. say there is an image comic I read for a while and I can't for the life of me think of the name of it but it looks very very close to that on a spaceship you wake up there's a bunch of stuff going on with it Not it's not the same thing it just reminds me of it but cool. very 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 cool style yeah it's awesome alright we have a final segment here unless there's anything else from the PC Gamer show Speak nah. now or forever hold your PC peace. No? <laughs> you hold your PCP? <laughs> your PCP. Hold your PCP. 
Y'all, y'all got PCP nice. for this show? I did. I no, PCP. Yo, Danielle, I need. I'm gonna go lay low, but I need you to hold this for me for a little bit, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's good. You know, I'm a true friend. It's all good. All right, we have a very special segment to end our show this evening oh, wow. called Lil Jordo's Retro Announcement Roundup. It's me. I'm Lil Jordo. I'm here with uh, my retro announcement roundup. This was a surprisingly weird E3 for uh, <laughs> old video games. Um, to start things off, y'all remember the Turbo Graphics? Yes. Yes. You remember the Turbo Graphics? Okay. I do. They they Limited Run Games is for the first time in English releasing Castlevania Rondo of Blood for oh. the Turbo Graphics CD in America in English. What? This really? game, uh, yeah. So Castlevania Rondo of Blood uh, is it and Symphony of the Night are like, depending on what Castlevania person you're talking to, they will say one of those two games is the best one. Uh, it was released on the uh, PC Engine CD and PC, sorry, PC Engine CD ROM ROM and uh, PC Engine Duo, but never released in America and was never localized into English until a PSP remake much later uh, gave it a an English localization. Dracula so, X Chronicles. Yeah, Dracula X Chronicles was the name of that that PSP version. And Limited Run is putting out a PlayStation 4 compilation of Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood. And uh, in addition to that, they are also going to release that ROM of Rondo of Blood that's in English uh, for the actual Turbo Graphics CD. Wow. And <laughs> I, saw, I saw some people... So in in the year of our Lord 2021, a new TurboGrafx CD game was announced at E3, uh, which is <laughs> nice. super nice. great for me. It's just like <laughs> biggest smile yeah. I could possibly have. It totally it's totally amazing. I saw some people say that might be the only TurboGrafx CD announcement ever at an E3. I didn't do the legwork to see if that's true or not because they were releasing PC Engine CD-ROM ROM games until like 1995, 1998. Uh, uh, and okay. E3 totally would have still existed then, but the Turbo Graphics in America had long since died at that point. Uh, so that may that is plausible. I'll uh, if I ever find out either way, I'll tweet about it or something. Can um, I? But, ask so that's you, really cool. Yeah. Can I? Can I ask you an incredibly uh, niche question about this re-release? That's why I'm here. <laughs> Thank you, George. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. I played that Dracula X Chronicles PSP release of uh, of Rondo of Blood up to level two, which is where mm-hmm. you could drop into a hole. Uh, and if you during a boss fight where a boss is chasing you uh, Crash Bandicoot style and you have to run away. And if you drop into a specific hole instead of dying, it unlocks a copy, a free copy of Castlevania Symphony of the Night on your PSP game. Yeah. That has yeah. a that has a redone localization of that game, which Symphony of Night famously has. They like, what is a man? Nothing but a little miserable pile of secrets like that. Mm-hmm. All of that gone and re-recorded with like like more accurate English localization and English translation. Did they say if it's that localization of that game or if it's the other? Oh, one? well, so. Um, for that place, for that PS4 re-release, that's that's the combo of both Symphony of the Night and Rondo Blood. I think I read earlier today that it's going to have both. Both, um, okay. Let, yeah, let me actually 
double check real quick. We got live research um, going on right here. <laughs> live research. This is my job. Um, well, well, Castlevania Requiem is what oh. is what the the release re release is called. Um, or it says both titles, according to Wikipedia, both titles are based on the retranslated versions featured in the Dracula X Chronicles. Okay, uh, um, so it is that version. Oh, yeah, but it's the 2D sprite version of Rondo of Blood. Um, so that's a weird choice for them to make to not have uh, the original, um, the original dub for Symphony of the Night in there, since that is such a beloved moment in uh, PlayStation One video games. Um, but yeah, this the, the timing on this is serendipitous because um, I think last year, analog makers of FPGA-based replacement consoles, uh, the Analog NT Mini and um, the Analog Pocket, which still isn't out yet, but uh, these new consoles that play old games, last year they announced the Analog Duo for $200, which is a TurboGrafx Duo, but new, and they're making it instead. And um, that's actually going to be uh, probably how a lot of people will end up playing this game. Because if you want a real Turbo Graphics duo, you're looking at like four hundred and fifty to six hundred dollars in the aftermarket, depending on what condition Oof. it's in. Those things are um, super expensive. Yeah, yeah, you can get one for like three hundred dollars if it doesn't come with controllers or cables. So like that's <laughs> that's where that market is at right now. Um, so that's cool. Uh, they are also. Do y'all remember when Limited Run? brought back uh night trap for modern yes. consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're doing that again with Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. What? Which is a PC <laughs> slash 3DO. Look at face at that. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they're doing it again with Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, which as the trailer says here was on PC and 3DO back in the day if you remember 3DO. Incredible. Um who could forget Wait, does that have Herlock Sholmes in it? <laughs> oh, Herlock Sholmes is not in this one from what I understand Herlock uh, Sholmes uh, consulting plumber I don't know specifically I think there's a really popular angry video game nerd episode about this game because whenever this announcement was made on Twitter every reply to it was an angry video game nerd gif um, <laughs> so we'll find out but uh, people weren't happy with that re-release of Night Trap from what I remember um, I did hear that yeah it it was just pretty bare bones and like people wanted something a little bit more substantial considering the legacy of that game in, in that moment of early nineties video game panic of sexuality and violence in video games and the congressional hearings and all that stuff. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, do anything else with this. And uh, it'll also just be weird to have a 3DO game on Nintendo switch. So that's odd. Um, a last couple of things from Lil Jordo's retro announcement roundup. Uh, their limited run is also putting out a new physical, new physical copies of zombies ate my neighbors for oh. um, super NES and uh, Genesis and uh, which they've been doing this for a minute. They re-released street fighter two and uh, lion King. And uh, I, that may be it. There may be something else that I'm forgetting about. These games are still available. Um, like let's let's do some real research right now. Going to eBay.com to look and see how much zombies ate my neighbors cost. I'm sorry, we, we, we we're playing the. Neighbors. If you're not watching the live stream, we're playing the plumbers don't wear a tie trailer a couple of times, and I swear <laughs> the trailer. And I swear this is God. some Showtime Skinamax late night. 1992. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. It's, it's Red it's Shoe Diaries real. kind of shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Uh, you can get a copy of Zombies Ate My Neighbors for between like thirty-five and forty-five dollars, depending on on what uh, shape it's in. And so, like, they're not re-releasing these because they're hard to find. They're re-releasing these because it has some kind of like historical cash, and it comes with yeah. a bunch of extra special, like, uh, you know, it comes in a new box and all, and all that stuff. So. Uh, they haven't announced a price for that thing yet, but if it's in line with their other uh, historical re-releases, it'll probably be around $100. Okay. Uh, I personally would not spend $100 on Zombies Ate My Neighbors, but you live your life. Uh, the last thing, Arcade 1UP, uh, makers of 3-4 scale arcade machines, um, ha- announced a uh, new Street Fighter cabinet loosely interpret- or inspired by the um, the quintessential Big Blue Street Fighter cabinet that or CPS oh. uh, CPS two cabinet that you might remember from your childhood if you are uh, of a certain age, and uh, Ren is probably backstage looking at this thing like has no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> um, Arcade One Up is I wanted to bring this up because Arcade One Up has been sort of in a weird spot of they have they have these licensing deals with Capcom and Namco to get like Galaga and Pac Man and stuff like that, and um, they are trying to come up with as many different ways of reselling the same 30 video games as possible. And so this has, um, what's in this thing? All the versions of Street Fighter 2 that you would care about. So like the four main ones. Darkstalkers, uh, Darkstalkers Revenge, Darkstalkers 3, Knights of the Round Eco Fighters, which is an interesting inclusion. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters and Capcom Sports Club and Muscle Bomber Duo. So there are some new kind of deep dive uh, releases in this thing that make it stand out a little bit more than a bunch of their other fighting game cabinets, which they've got, you know, a lot. Um, like they, they sell several other cabinets that have all these Street Fighters and these Darkstalker games in there. But uh, Eco Fighters is a really interesting pull. It's a uh, side-scrolling shoot-em-up um, that was unique at the time for... It's like heavy, as the name implies, it's heavy environmental uh, activism message. And also uh, your aiming is on a full 360 degree basis and you hold down a button to rotate the arm that has your gun on it. So it plays really differently from other shooters of the era. Um, I know people really love Saturday Night Slam Masters. I've never played it and I'd never heard of Muscle Bomber Duo before. So that's cool that they're kind of digging a little deeper uh, into their licensing well to find some stuff to put on these cabinets. Um, I wanted to bring it up for that reason because those games are interesting and also because uh, they are getting closer to making their arcade machines look like what you remember them looking like, which mm-hmm. has been the problem with Arcade One Up for the entire time that it's existed is that they've used these cookie cutter templates and just put different art on them. And then between the Mortal Kombat one that came out last year or earlier this year and this thing, uh, they're getting closer to looking like what you remember them looking like. It's still not one-to-one. And in the trailer that they sh- that they put out, they're really careful to not show how hunched over the people are to play this thing. <laughs> because sure. when sure. they say three-fourths scale, they actually mean three-fifths scale. And like if you're not sitting, if you don't have like a stool or something, it's kind of uncomfortable to play these. Um, But yeah, it's neat. Um. I, I hope that a third party enters this space of 
reproduction arcade. Well, there are there is a third party, but I, I won't get into it. The, I hope that someone who isn't Arcade One Up or SNK gets into this space because mm. um, Arcade One Up makes cool stuff, but these cabinets run for between three hundred and fifty and five hundred dollars, depending on what's in them, and you get like six or twelve games if it's one of the really good ones. A lot of these cabinets have like three to five games and cost like $400. And that is so much money. Um, especially for one, you have to assemble this thing yourself. And two, the, from, from what I've heard, the sticks and buttons are not as good as you would want at a $400 asking price. Ooh, and and I should be clear. They, it is rough. And I should be clear. They haven't announced uh, the price for this thing yet. It just has like a email me when pre-orders go up button. Uh, I would guess this is going to be probably around 400 bucks. Um, so RK one up has interesting op- is like an interesting proposition, but it's a little bit harder of a sell just for the quality that you're getting in the labor that goes into, to putting it together. And then S and K makes a product that is that I own and that is more expensive. It's $500, but it has 50 games in it, which is a better value proposition. But S and K's ownership situation right now makes it kind of dicey to, be a part of that scene if you care about that stuff. And uh, so I'm hoping, and like SNK has an advantage because it has the rights to all those games, right? So it can put 50 games in a box and sell it to you. Whereas Arcade One Up has to give Capcom a quarter every time that it sells one of these, you know, and or however much their licensing deal is. And uh, exactly. And uh, Danielle, for the people playing along at home, Danielle is pantomiming putting a quarter into an arcade machine, <laughs> uh, which for Ren, you used to have to do that. They had these things called arcades that had big <laughs> machines in them like this that played video games. And you had to put a quarter in it. Uh, it was kind of like a microtransaction. We didn't call them that yet, though, because Microsoft hadn't invented that term for horse armor yet. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I just, I think it's cool that Arcade One Up is still out there doing it. Um, I think it's cool that they're like, purposefully making this look like a an iconic cabinet from the 90s and i hope that uh this space continues to have a strong and interested niche in it because before i got this snk thing i looked into getting a real arcade machine and it's a total nightmare like the market is super inflated now like if you want a game that's worth having you're going to spend like 1500 or 2000 dollars on one of oh these machines God. they no, weigh expensive. several hundred pounds yeah they're super expensive that's like uh, rent that's a lot yeah. of money yeah like you can spend a month's rent on an arcade machine that i guarantee will break when you move it into your apartment mm-hmm. oh, and man. like you have to know how to degauss a crt you have to like and mm-hmm. the, these were not you know like Unless it's a Capcom play system or a JAMA board or something, a lot of these cool games that you would want are things that are bespoke motherboards. And so, like, if something on it breaks, you have to go, like, find the, like, replacement parts are a nightmare. So, these things are really cool. I hope they keep making them. Uh, It's, like, this is a smaller announcement from this team than what you might see at E3 a couple of years ago uh, when they were kind of spooling up. But that's the story of this whole E3 to begin with um and yeah <laughs> a little thus, bit <laughs> thus concludes little Dordo's retro announcement roundup i'm chip whitman thank you for, uh yeah um i'm just excited that they're putting out turbo duo games still like i hope i hope that's a new thing that like because uh so many turbo graphics games are 
like beyond the fact that it's in English, it's a local localized version of that for the first time. Turbo graphics games are super expensive. And yeah. the ones that you want are even more expensive than that. And so that's a place where reproduct where like modern, well-made reproductions, there's actually like a viable market there, I think, for that stuff. Because otherwise you're gonna go on eBay and spend two hundred dollars just for a game. And nobody wants to live like that. No. Not for box adventure. Nobody wants that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love Bonk. He's a great little guy, but uh, he's not a two hundred dollar little guy. Nah, it's not a two hundred dollar adventure. You know what I'm saying? No. Like maybe maybe yeah. Bonk is all right, but like his adventure. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, if you had leather pants on, I might spend one fifty. But that's about it, right? He's exactly. got sunglasses. What do you think? That's <laughs> true. Does that do anything what for you? Call? Sunglasses. Called? There were like special shades, right? In that Monster Hunter thing, there, there was like a cool oh, shade thing. Yeah. Oh, there was a cool something. shade. Yeah, they always have. It's <laughs> they, the, they do. Yeah. yeah, they're always called like awesome. the Dragon King Patch Alpha Plus and stuff like mm-hmm. that in those <laughs> in those cosmetics. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you Baratheon. Know, yeah, yeah. For 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 Robert Baratheon, Robert Baratheon. Um, you know, all of his best scenes in in Game of Thrones um, wore wore sunglasses. It really conveyed just how like powerful he was as a character, and uh, like how much he mm-hmm. didn't care. Uh, he would wear them indoors by firelight. Um, it was yep. great. He was wearing leather pants under his breeches and robes or whatever mm-hmm. he wears. So we just like, couldn't see so, you know, them. It's like as the vibe the, in the audience. Yeah, That's right. yeah. But, but he, he knew. knows that they're there. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes That's called powerful. method acting. Yeah. <laughs> We've solved a lot of mysteries uh, here today on Night Trio of Hot Game Summer. And I guess I guess that's about it, right, folks? I guess we're wrapping up now. I guess we're about to say good night uh, to Hot Game Summer Night Trio. Uh, of course, you should stay tuned to fanbite.com. Stay tuned like it's a radio. You know what I'm saying? Like the the dials, mm-hmm. the wheels of steel, the ones and twos, of course, of course, of course. Fanbite.com. <clears throat> That's how the internet works. It's all radio. It's all radio computers. I play Disco Elysium. I know how it works. You know, so <laughs> we all know how it works. So let's talk uh, real, real briefly here about where we can find each other online, just in case anybody doesn't know. Khalif, where can people find you online? Uh, Kajakins on Twitter, K-H-J-H-K-I-N-S. You can find also at Spawn on Me and at twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me is where you'll be able to see the live shows that we do uh, for Spawn on Me on the internet. So go check that stuff out. And on fairbite.com. Hey, uh, Khalif, I also have a question about Spawn on Me uh, real quick. Yes. Um, where, can I, as a listener, this is a serious question, actually. Can I, as a listener of Spawn on Me, buy that shirt you're wearing right now that says Spawn on Me on it? You can buy this shirt. It is one of our lovely pieces of merch. This is from our old store. This is from the Psalm bit.ly slash Psalm merch. That's where you can get the old gear. Bit.ly slash Psalm gear is where you can find the newest merch. So go cop that stuff and, and help me buy some black leather pants. that wasn't a plug either i just like that shirt i kind of want one (laughs) not sponsored i got got you i got you i'll send you one i got you (laughs) thank you and we also thank you so much and thank you so much again for joining us khalif we always appreciate it i always love y'all love y'all i love being on a show with you it's really fun Mm -hmm. same Mm -hmm. same here oh good vibes i love the good vibes jordan where can we find you online you can find me online at twitter.com slash Jordan underscore Mallory. You can also, uh, if you care about old games and the weird parts of that whole ecosystem, you can follow uh, my Goodwill Finds account, which is at Goodwill Goblin. 
Uh, it's been kind of a little less active during E3, but uh, I post a bunch of cra- like crazy stuff shows up on that Goodwill auction site pretty regularly, and I like to post it on there. Uh, and you can listen to all the shows that I produce on at fanbyte.com slash podcasts or go to podcastnet.work. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I also love being on a show with you, Jordan. It's, Aww, me it's too. so long in between. It's been a while. So I know. Yeah, it's been, it's been it's been uh, I'm so deep into the podcast minds that it's it just takes <laughs> six months to even send a signal back to the surface. Oh, no. And now I'm a little bit sad. I'm like, we should, we should send some light <laughs> down for y'all. We should send some. No, it's some, like, great. I have stuff, a very you know? nice apartment down in there. Uh, <laughs> I got HBO. You know, there's a popcorn machine. All right. Yeah, it's all, right. all set. Well, that's good. I guess yeah. you can watch Game of Thrones. I don't know why I'm watching Game of Thrones. I'm so sorry. I don't even like it that much. It's fine. Thank you, Jordan, for being here. You're wonderful. Also Absolutely. wonderful. Steven, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at at Steven Strum, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. Uh, you can watch a lot of the streams that I've been doing on uh, twitch.tv slash fanbyte, otherwise known as bongodingus.com. Uh, really great URL that we still have for that. Um, yeah, that's mostly what I'm doing these days, I think. So, yeah, you know, hop on those. Watch some stuff. Listen to listen to Channel F every uh, every uh, Wednesday. There, I think, is when the episodes go live on on your podcast catcher of choice. Listen to Ninety Nine Potions, if you will, where I uh, get to talk with my RPG pals about various uh, role playing games. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I was going to say I am on a show with you pretty often, but it's still a pleasure, and it's always a pleasure. And thank you so much. I think among all of us, we have done all. Of the things that we do, we got podcasts, we got Twitch on there, which people might be watching or you might be listening. In case either of those things is not true, of course, podcastnet.work, which I think Jordan mentioned, fanbyte.com, hot game summer. I think we got it all. Do we miss anything? I think we got it. I think all. that's it. I think that's we it. did it all. Oh my God. Thank you all so very much. Thank you if you are listening or if you're watching. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I wish you a fond farewell and a hot game summer. Thank you.